welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Daniel. He's one of the co-founders of Men's Helpline. He joins us today to speak about his journey and also all about Men's Helpline and how we can support our men across the globe. So welcome, Daniel, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Ola, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Yay, thank you. So we usually start off by telling, um, asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself as much as you want. Sure. So I'll share a little bit about my background and, and my journey. So I'm now um, I'm now married six years. Before my wife and I got married, we did genetic testing. We found out that we were carriers for two of the same genetic conditions, which meant that we had to undergo IVF with PGD pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. At the time, we were living in the United States, and uh, we decided to move to Israel because actually, in Israel, fertility treatments are actually covered. So we moved to Israel. We did a round of IVF, which was successful. We did an embryo transfer. And then at 12 weeks into the pregnancy, we actually suffered a miscarriage. And when, yeah, it was really, it was really, really hard at the time. Um, but it really made me stronger. And then when that happened, I was completely all alone. My wife had all the support in the world. She had friends she could talk to. She had support groups she could go to. She had hotlines to call. You name it, she had it. I had absolutely nothing. I was completely devastated. The only thing I found uh, was a random Facebook group that I had posted. And I said, you know, is this really normal? All the feelings that I had, all the emotions. Right. And that led me to realizing that I'm not alone in this issue and that I was really looking for more meaning in my life. And I went back to school to get a master's degree in nonprofit management, I went back to school. And then as one part of the, one of the courses I took, I actually started a support group for guys who have dealt with miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. And that was very successful. And what I realized from that, talking to everybody in, in some of my professors and, and friends, that this is really such a diehard need because there is no support out there yeah. for men when it comes to these issues. So I started Men's Helpline. So we moved to Israel. Now I'll give you a little bit aside from background on myself, aside from being a founder of, of Men's Helpline, I'm a volunteer EMT. Um, so I drop everything that I'm doing and I go out to, to help another person who's in need of medical condition, whatever is needed. That's amazing. I'm a musician. I play the saxophone. I sing. I piano, wow. play piano, and um, <laughs> now I now I have two kids, and uh, yeah, living the dream, running running men's helpline. Wow, that's amazing! You're like a man of so many sides to you. Wow, the saxophone as well. That's pretty impressive. Should have asked you to play when you came over to the UK that time. Yeah, next time. <laughs> next time, yeah. Well, I'm so sorry about your loss. Um, I mean, a loss at any stage is definitely devastating. Um, but like you rightly said, there's um, often no support for men because, again, people are told the men should be strong. You should be strong for your partner. And um, 
the reality, like you said, it does impact men as well. So they do need support. Yes, they definitely do. So thank you for creating the men's helpline. So what do you do at the men's helpline? It's a great question. It? Yeah. So it right now, in terms of what we're doing is we're really in a transition phase, but what the goal of the organization, how I created the organization was to provide support for men when dealing with, uh, who are emotionally struggling on their journey to fatherhood, when dealing with miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and, and infertility. So what we do, we have a podcast um, where guys can come onto the show and they share their stories and their journeys, and they give other advice to other guys. We have a Facebook group where guys can ask questions. Um, and get support from others. And then also on the other side of the coin, where it's not just support and, and having, you know, fantasy sports leagues as well, but we also have our running awareness campaigns to bring awareness to male fertility issues and and advocating for men's rights when it comes to dealing with a miscarriage, dealing with a stillbirth, dealing with a fertility, because oftentimes men are just completely ignored. Nobody ever asks the guy, how are you doing? Nobody ever asked, you know, what's your experience like, right? Men are just often pushed to the side. Uh, so we're creating awareness. We're doing education. We're educating the doctors about how do you approach men with these issues. We're doing advocacy, get-togethers. This is all in the support side of education, awareness, um, and advocacy, as well as support through support groups, Facebook and podcasts and Instagram and so on. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Thank you. And it's great for men to be able to have a resource or a place where they can reach out to and just connect with other people who understand what they're feeling and who understand the need for support as well. And there's a tremendous need. Oftentimes men don't even know what to ask or where to start or how to even deal with it. Many men, unfortunately, go down a really dark path um, after experiencing these issues. So we're trying to avoid that i like to say you know let's let's get you back to producing members of society get you back to yourself the way you were before obviously these these issues dealing with a miscarriage dealing with infertility it's very hard on you uh so to have the resources and the tools to be able to do with deal with it is so important yes it is and like you know even with infertility even when if you're going through fertility treatments, often again, the man is only called upon when it's time to just provide the sperm and then that's it. And every other part, it must be hard like to go through all of that and just be like, you're not really a part of it. How is it for you? So my agreement with my wife was, I happen to be very active spouse. Mm. So I was at every single ultrasound. I was at every single blood work. I was at every single, you know, fertility treatment appointment, follow-ups, the retrieval, the transfer. I actually was the one giving the shots to my wife. Oh, and that's nice. So having a medical background definitely helps. Um, yeah. But at the same time, taking that active role and having that communication of what, what is it that you want throughout the process and how you can get do this together as a couple is extremely important. So for us, she wanted me to give her the shots and we would listen to, to her, her favorite music. And then I would do the shots, count to 10, do the shots. Like we would have a kind of our routine that we would do together. That's really lovely. 
I think that really helps to make you feel like you're part of the whole process as well, right? You're not left out. 100%. Because what happens with a lot of times with guys who don't necessarily do that, and it's no fault of them because some guys, you know, might not want to, to take a role like this. Some guys have different feelings and emotions and, you know, you don't want to give your wife a shot. But at the end of the day, when you take that active role, it kind of steps, steps it up a notch that you feel like you're part of this process. Mm. You're, you're there as what, not watching, you're taking an active role. Right. And before you started Men's Helpline, during your own virtual journey with your wife, did you have other people around you that are going through something similar? Or how did you find support? So I believe it or not, I didn't find support. Mm. Um, I didn't really talk to people around me about it. I was the typical guy. You know, I never thought that I'd be going down this fertility journey. Um, I never thought that I was going to have a mis- experience of miscarriage. N- didn't have any real support at all. So the only really way I found out about it was actually being in it myself. I mean, I was part necessarily of, of a Facebook group at one point, but it wasn't until the two-week wait during the, during the fertility treatments after an embryo transfer that I really needed the support and also after the miscarriage, right? Actually doing the process of the fertility treatments and doing the shots and everything, I, I was completely okay. Um, there was a point at one point where I was, I was freaking out myself because there was a time, the old doctor say, you have to trigger at a certain time. So I actually had left a wedding that I was at because I had to, there was so much pressure. I had to be home to, to give the shot. <laughs> I gave the wrong dose. So I was freaking oh, no. out. I was freaking out. I'm like, what do I do here? I was calling a bunch of people. Doctors, like, are we going to miss the, miss the transfer date because I gave the wrong dose? But actually I had a window. Okay, I could give it again and, and, and make sure the dose was correct. So there was some interesting time. <laughs> that must have been really scary. <laughs> it was. I, I know about trigger shots and you're just so nervous. So to have that happen. Wow. And I'm glad yeah. you were able, actually able to reach a doctor at that time, whenever that was. Yeah. We actually reached out to, you know, a few friends who were nurses and some people uh, who we know, and some doctors. Like, yeah, it's totally, totally fine. It's actually interesting. Some... Uh, doctors give you their cell phone numbers or whatsapp numbers you can reach out to them actually and oh that's good so it's important to have that communication i guess obviously it depends on the country and and the the comfortability of that doctor but i think it's really important to have your physician's number this way if any issues arise you can reach out to them so well said so i'm hoping that medical professionals listening right now will take that on board and provide that extra level of support because it can be so stressful, like the whole process, you just want reassurance sometimes. Definitely. So, well said, thank you. And with this whole experience, you know, you're not having support, you're not having anyone to speak to and going through the laws and the whole fertility journey and having to go through treatment. How do you think all of that changed you as a person? And also how did it impact your relationship with your spouse? So as a person, it made me stronger. I believe that everything in life happens for a reason. If it was not for going through the fertility journey because of the pre-genetic, uh, di- pre-implantation genetic diagnosis, mm-hmm. right, having gone down that journey or having 
suffered a missed miscarriage of 12 weeks, I would not be the person who I am today. And I would not have started men's helpline. So it definitely changed me in that I can relate to men who are going through this and encourage them to talk about these issues, to end the stigma and to be comfortable. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to get help. It's okay to to utilize any support you can, take up an interest, take up a hobby. So I can relate to them a bit better and give advice to others going through it. And as far as relationship with my spouse, I definitely think it brought us closer together. I think a couple who's going through fertility treatments need to have a strong relationship from the get-go. And I think that's because it's really mentally and physically challenging. So the better communication you have with your spouse the better success you're going to have because it is stressful. So our, my communication with my with my wife went up significantly. I mean, we always talk all the time. We're very, very close. But having this special bond of doing this together, this journey together on the pursuit of, uh, of becoming a, a father and having children, it took it to the next level because you're dealing with different types of stresses. And if you can handle the fertility treatments and if you could handle, unfortunately, having to deal with a miscarriage, then you can handle so many other things, any other challenge that's going to be thrown at you as a couple. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's so important that the people understand the impact that you really can have on relationships and the, the importance of communication through the whole process. And everyone deals with infertility or loss differently, right? Because sometimes as a woman, you might want your spouse to speak more. I mean, if your spouse is a, is a man, you might want him to you know, talk more about it and discuss and the person might not want to talk about it. So even having that difference in the way people communicate their frustrations or um, loss can also cause a lot of friction. It definitely can. And that's okay. You know, friction is okay. Obviously, you don't want to have so much friction, but it's okay to have disagreements or different approaches. But as long as you're able to talk it out with each other and to have an honest a conversation and not necessarily get angry or you know go to sleep angry over it, yeah, it's it that that will happen because men grieve differently than women. Exactly, and men having. I mean, you, for men dealing with loss or fertility issues, having access to men's helpline can also be helpful, even for their relationship, right? Because if they have a, a support space where they can reach out to other men that understand, uh, so perhaps there can be that outlet for those frustrations or concerns that they might not be able to speak about with their spouse, and then them come back to their spouse, they come as a better person, right? Because they're also supported outside for by sure. other people. And I know that with men's helpline, I remember that you spoke to me about that. Even you have options of men even getting together if they live in uh, a close community or somewhere close to each other. Can you tell us a bit about that? About yeah, the options so, available. So that's so that's the dream. One of the dreams of, of men's helpline would be, let's say, because it's still it's still in development. But let's say Dave and John are are local, and they both like playing soccer right mm. and they just suffered a miscarriage at 12 weeks and gone through the the infertility stage let's pair dave and john up let them go play a game of soccer have start the conversation to become form that special bond as friends but also as you know let me have this buddy this communication partner 
of the support that we can talk to one another about our journeys, about the the challenges that we've we had faced, and then become a better spouse, and it just grows from there. Yeah. No, that that be actually that's a great, and I hope that comes to Pat, and like you know that becomes a reality as part of the options that are available, because again that can really help. Not to say that the sports takes away what's happening, but at least connecting with others again can be really helpful. And it could be not just sport, but let's say someone's interested in music. It could be, you know, whether it be music, whether it be art, whether it be sport, whether it be hiking, whatever that special interest is that that person has, you can find another person who is interested in the same things you are and have that mutual interest. And that that mutual interest will create that soft spot where you could become friends and, and feel comfortable with one another. Or even if you're meeting up at a bar, just have that natural, the way men like to think about it is men oftentimes don't like mental health professionals. They don't necessarily want to go to a support group. They don't necessarily want, because there's a lot of stigma around it. They want natural settings. So as as natural as possible to have these conversations, I think what will happen is that more men will start opening up over a cup of coffee or over, you know, over a beer, over sport whatever their interests lie. That sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to see how that comes, becomes reality. And just to confirm, actually, because again, uh, our listeners are from different countries. I wonder with Men's Helpline, who can access it? Do they need to live in certain countries or can anyone across the globe access and become a member? So officially we're a US-based nonprofit organization. However, being that this issue is not just a U.S.-based issue, not just it's all over the world, it's, it's an international issue. So people from all over the world can connect and can listen to the podcast, can come on as a guest, can join the Facebook group. And once we have this app uh, available, they can download download the app. It might, again, I'm, I'm not an app developer, so I don't know what the stages are as far as how it will be released. But right. this is a global issue. This is an international issue. It doesn't matter if you're in the UK, Nigeria, United States, Canada, Australia, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. You can yeah. still have this support. We are a resource for you. Share your stories, share your journeys, connect with us, connect with the other guys in the community who, ha- who have gone through it. And, and remember, someone to your left, someone to your right probably has gone through it at some point, or they know somebody who has, because the statistics, one in four pregnancies ended in a miscarriage and one in six couples struggle with infertility. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And it's only growing. Yeah, which means we need more support. And I mean, I just, I think we just definitely, I mean, the work you're doing is amazing. And people just need to know that, to be aware that it even exists. It's an issue and it's not just them and that it's support out there. And that there are options as well, because sometimes when you're not even aware that other people are experiencing something similar, you don't even know their options. So you need to also be educated and being aware of options that are available so that way you can decide how you want to proceed. Absolutely. So, well done. And as well, you know, I think with men's infertility, either it's a male factor issue or whatever issue it is, how men are actually feeling. Uh, there's a lot of misconception about it and people are not really sure because again, the focus is always on women. Uh, just because they're the ones carrying the pregnancy or most of the treatment has been targeted at the women. Uh, so 
for people listening or just what what would you like what or what do you wish that more people knew about men's experiences with infertility and pregnancy loss i wish that throughout the process that men knew that just because you have to give a sample or just because you necessarily don't have sperm or are struggling with male infertility or throughout the process i wish men knew that they're not alone and that you could talk about it because the more we talk about it the better we'll feel and the stigma will end and i don't think i wish men out there knew that it's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about and even if it's your your spouse that's going through this journey you're going through it together as a couple and it's okay it's okay to cry it's okay to experience you know the laughter find the joy in it make jokes I wish that people would understand, especially if you're going into this journey, know that it's okay to talk about it. Know that it's okay to cry about it. Know that you're not alone. One of the things that I wish I I knew, and I think this just needs to change in general in the world, is that the way we're taught, we need to be taught from a young age in the school system about what is infertility, what is miscarriage. What is secondary infertility? What is male factor infertility? These are conversations that I wish I had known early on because never in my education throughout high school, middle school, high school, college, when you take these health education classes, does this conversation ever come up? It's always the sperm meets the egg and that's how a baby is made mm-hmm. or you know, preventing sexually transmitted diseases. Never is the conversation about raising awareness so people are actually educated. I think if you're educated about what infertility is or what a miscarriage is and how you can actually deal with it, I think the stigma would end. I think people would have a not necessarily a better experience going through it, but a more of an awareness and education of how to deal with it and how to and how to help yourself through it. Yeah. So important. And for, for people just thinking even across the globe again with uh, men's helpline. So if they do want to support you, support the work you're doing in being able to support men across the globe, how can they do that? They can connect with us on Instagram and our Instagram is at men's underscore helpline. They can go to our website, menshelpline.org. They can reach out to me, Daniel at menshelpline.org as uh, my email address. They can send me a WhatsApp. Um, they can go to our website and donate. There are many, many ways they can get involved. They can join the Facebook group. They can become part of the community and uh, keep sharing their stories and their journeys. I think that's that's the most important part is to spread the word that there is support out there for men. Yeah. And it's so needed. So it's good that you actually exist now. So well done. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. My pleasure. And for choosing, because again, you know, infertility and pregnancy loss is so stigmatized. So even for you coming out to share and speak about it, you could have you could have said, well, you know, yes, we experienced a loss. Yes, we went through that whole process of having to go through fertility treatment, but, but we have our two kids now and we are fine. Why did you not? Like, I mean, I think it's easier to just move forward with your life, right? without having to think about this anymore. I mean, knowing how stigmatized and so much taboo attached to it all. So why did he choose in spite of all of that, in spite of the taboos and the stigmas, why did he choose to speak out 
and create the support space because again you're done with this space right like you you now have your family well we're never done um (laughs) we're still we're still we still have frozen embryos and at some point we will do another embryo transfer we might need to do another round of IVF so we're not we're not necessarily done on our journey yet Mm. Uh, but the reason I, I can't just stand alone and sit back and watch is because I know men are suffering in silence and I cannot let that happen. I suffered. And even in a workspace environment, I suffered. I had a boss who just didn't care the fact that I, that I had just gone through. It was like, you have a quota to hit. You have, you have to work. We have a business to run. Just give, give me the space to heal. And I feel like a lot of men just, they need that space because you don't want to go down the dark path of, depression, uh, suicide, getting addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to divorce, to addicted to pornography. I mean, there's so many dark, dark paths that when a guy goes through this, that he can go to. So I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. And also being the fact that I'm a, I'm a change maker, I'm, I'm very, you know, entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial. So when I see an opportunity like this, it, it happened for a reason. And I yeah. don't want men to be left alone in silence. I want to give them that space and that opportunity. And I want that awareness to be out there to the world that when you're going through this experience, that it's things need to change in the industry. Men need to be looked at from an appropriate way. I even, I I mean, a crazy story happened to me uh, in the hospital when when we were going through the retrieval process and I had to give my sample. I followed just the process of, of how it even happened. I found little sperm fish on, on the floor to a room and I had to give a sample and someone walked in on me. And then oh, I walked wow. the, then I walked over the sample to a room and there's a sign that says it's great day to make a baby. So the experience yeah. for men, when I when I see what I went through and when I hear what other guys are going through, this experience, I think men need to be more involved in the process and clinicians out there need to understand and involve the men even for their miscarriages they need to ask the guy how are you doing how are you how are you managing you know how can i support you through i know it sucks and it's not an easy thing to to go through but they need to involve the men in the process because what's happening is that it's not just the woman going through the men are sitting there watching and experiencing trauma and yes we might not physically be experiencing it but we are there watching it firsthand thank you for sharing that so important that people know that and I think even like you said I think that again general society always assumes that once you have your child or children that somehow infertility is gone right we don't actually realize that yes people might have their children but infertility lingers on that whole feeling there's a lot of PTSD for many people uh, the journey to getting there and the losses that have happened still stays with you. So it's never actually gone, though it might appear to the general public that, you know, you've done this phase, now you've moved on. So I think it's important, like you said, that it's still there and you never actually know, you know, even if you see that someone has one child or two or three, whatever the case might be, you're not sure what the whole process that might still be dealing with. Like you said, frozen embryos, that's an important conversation that people often don't have. Some people might decide that, yes, they want to have more kids. Some people might decide, what do I do with those frozen embryos? So it's, again, all these conversations are very important 
and for people to have a safe space to have those conversations. So, and it's not just that. I mean, there are other areas where where guys need the support as well. Is oftentimes this is not even talked about so much as dealing with secondary infertility, where you yeah. have we already have a child, and now you're struggling. You want to have another child. And you're struggling to conceive that second child. So the support for secondary infertility and the conversation around secondary infertility also needs to be had. Yeah. Because just because it looks like somebody has a child and they're a happy family, you don't know what's going on on the inside. You don't know if they're struggling to conceive or have had Adam any miscarriages. You have, you don't, people don't know their stories. No. And it's just, it's just, that's why you just never know. Even with two, even with three, four kids, you don't know. Because again, people have the right to choose how many kids they want to have. Um, so again, having those conversations and having a safe space to have those conversations are important because again, to the general public, uh, if they saw you struggle or go through infertility and loss, and they see that you now have three or four kids and they don't understand that you're trying to have the fifth or sixth one, whatever the case might be, it might not be easy to have that conversation with people that don't understand. So having a safe space for others that get it, that yes, you might have the child or two or three already, but you want to have more and you're not able to. It's also very important. So thank you for creating this space. Again, men's helpline is so needed and across the globe. And I know certainly many people in Nigeria will definitely be, um, will welcome this um, initiative that you have in this community. And knowing that they, their spouses, their partners, they can refer them to you or to your support spaces really helpful so thank you thank you and as a wrap-up are there any words of encouragement uh that you'd like to share or, or anything else that you'd like to share with any man or woman or anyone listening from wherever across the globe who's the words experiencing fertility loss words of inspiration i would say one keep talking about it be open-minded see what you can do together as a couple distractions are great but obviously it doesn't take away from the issue take on a hobby speak to a friend about it the more you have the conversation the better it is and two keep your head up and try and stay as optimistic and as positive as possible yes this cycle may work it might not work but this is your path this is your journey you're on the journey to fatherhood and and no matter what happens, if it's not this round, it might be the next round. It might be the one after that. Mm -hmm. Try and stay as positive as possible because when you keep that positivity and that optimism, that'll carry through. That'll carry you through the next rounds of IVF, of that IUI, of that miscarriage, if it, if it God forbid, happens. This'll, that positivity will help you throughout. And remember, it's okay to cry. It's okay to share your story. You're not alone. And to everyone out there, remember, you're not alone. So many people have gone through this, and many will continue to go through it. Just keep sharing your stories, talking about it. The more you talk about it, the better you will feel. Keep raising awareness. I and mean, that's what really all I can say in terms of inspiration is talk about it as much as possible. Be open about it as much as possible. See a therapist if you if 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 you feel the need to. There are resources for there, and and we're here to help you. You're not alone. Thank you for those inspirational words, Daniel. And they are very important. Again, 
because you know when you share your stories you never know you hear somebody else that's going through something similar perhaps their stories perhaps the options they sought out might help you as well so thank you and you never know what that person might know right who they might know exactly and, and it doesn't hurt to ask yeah thank you it's been really amazing having you on here, Danielle, speaking about your story, your journey. Thank you for being so open and for choosing to share your story, for choosing to start Men's Helpline, um, for choosing to encourage these conversations and to be a support uh, for people going through infertility and loss across the globe. It is really is important that people have a safe space to connect with others who get it. So thank you for creating that safe space and for all that you're doing and for what you're, you know, the ideas that you have for Men's Helpline and the app and all that you're doing to support. It really is appreciated. And it's been really insightful having you on here. I know that lots of people listening have been encouraged maybe for themselves or for their partners. And um, it helps in the whole process, even for the female partners, knowing that their men are better supported helps the relationship, helps the whole journey. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I will definitely be looking forward to having you again in the near future and to have that IG life of ours very soon. Looking thank forward. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.